Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So it typically takes a leader 24 years from their very first job in their career to become a CEO. It took me 30, so I guess I'm a late bloomer. With this stat in mind, one would think that it's a marathon, right? Slow and steady wins the race, right? Wrong. According to a recent HBR article, the CEO sprinters, and they are those leaders who snag that pinnacle role far sooner than the average, They don't get to the top because they acquire that perfect pedigree. They do it because they make bold and unconventional moves. They take risks and they lead outside of their comfort zone. And the the sprinter pursues what is called, it's a career catapult. And there are four of them and 97% of all of the CEOs that were surveyed in this article, and I think it was close to over 50,000. So take that to note. They took advantage of at least one of these catapults and over half of them had done two. So I'm gonna share these four catapults quickly. Go small to go big. So you're gonna move backwards or sidewards in order to get ahead. Uh, you're going to you know, tackle a new product or a new team or a new division. Um, you know, you're going to go from you know, one department, you're in IT, and then you go to marketing. But you're never really quite moving up or getting promoted. You're expanding your experience and your leadership knowledge and skills. The second one, you're going to take a big leap. And I translate that, that to mean that you're going to fake it till you make it. And and actually a move like from IT to marketing, that would be a big leap in my mind. Um, You're going to take on a challenge, even though you may not be fully prepared. And that may also be, hey, I'm in a safe corporate world and I'm going to start my own company or I'm going to go to a startup. The third one, you're going to inherit a big mess. You're going to tackle an underperforming division or a bankruptcy or a failed product. Um, No easy road, right? And then the last one, and this one is my favorite, don't be the one-trick pony. The sprinters aren't typically specialists. What they do is they have like a broad range of cross-functional experiences, skills, and roles on their resume. And having worked in four different functions has nearly the same impact as getting an MBA from a top five program. I thought that was a pretty interesting stat. So these are just a few strategies that will help you accelerate to get to that golden path to the CEO. But we're going to help you even more because in today's discussion, I am joined by three incredibly successful leaders who are going to share their own unique journeys to the top, um, either to president or to CEO. And you will hear that they're all very different, but they've all been, as I've already said, incredibly successful. 
I'm Sarah Alter, your president of the Advancing All Women radio show and president, and I'm CEO, uh, excuse me, radio show and podcast, and I am CEO and president of the Network of Executive Women. And I'm joined by, let me get my incredible guests here, Luann Abrams, who is founder and CEO of CEOX. Wendy Davidson, president of the America's Glambia Performance Nutrition, and Martha Donato, founder and CEO of Buncellus Tech Incorporated, otherwise known as TipZip, and founder and president of Mad Event Management. Um, so welcome, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. morning. All righty. So let's get started. Um, Wendy. We're going to kick it off with you. Um, why are you joining us this morning? Well, anytime you ask me to do something, Sarah, uh, of course, I say yes. I um, love you. <laughs> but, uh, but especially um, women helping women learn from each other to be able to move forward in our careers is a real passion for me. Um, and I think you teed it up really nicely in the beginning that careers aren't a linear path. Um, I sort of believe there's nothing like a career ladder, that there's much more zigs and zags and steps back and the ability to be able to stretch and grow. Uh, And I look forward to being able to talk a little bit further. I know Martha and I share a couple of similar path stories and so look forward to that. I, I think there's a great opportunity for women to share real authentic experiences to learn from each other I remember years ago being at a, <clears throat> an industry event, and I saw all these women on the stage, and I thought, oh, I, they can't relate to me. They have it all together. Everything in their lives was perfect, <laughs> and they're on this great linear path. And the more I got to know them, I realized everyone has a journey story, and Absolutely. the benefit of sharing those real stories helps each other grow. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And um Wendy, you are just amazing. I I was sharing earlier as we were getting ready for the show. I I have to negotiate now with Wendy's agent because she is such an incredible partner and leader to new. And she she has the most incredible journey and she is always willing to share it. And we're so grateful for that. Um, Luann, why join us today? Well, as Wendy said, if you're going to ask, I am definitely <laughs> going to show up. Um, I you. appreciate all the work you and your organization does to advance women. And I really want to just share the mission of CEOX so that women, high-level executive women, can understand their other opportunities to become CEOs. And that's what CEOX does. We place women into CEO roles, particularly at earlier stage venture-backed companies. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women don't even realize that that's a path for them. Absolutely, Um, And it's great for the women that that are in your network, the uh, larger enterprise type organizations Mm -hmm. and the chances of them becoming CEO of these huge corporations is, you know, it's not super high. And so becoming a CEO of a smaller company that's growing to be like those larger companies is a really great opportunity. Absolutely. And Luann's going to tell us much more about CEOX, um, but fear not, we'll put all of the details 
and how you can, you know, tap into her incredible organization when we post our podcast later. So Luann, thank you for all the amazing work you do too. Um, Martha, last but not least, welcome. Why join us today? Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I am uh, probably one of Luann's first CEO placements. So, uh, ah. you know, there's a great synergy between us here today. Uh, but long before I met Luann and learned of CEOX, I was on this path uh, for many, many years of women in the workplace. I'm the mother to three daughters, um, you know, setting a role model, being a role model for them and for other women in the workplace. And that's been a passion of mine. I'm going to going to say going all the way back to my very first job in New York City, which was at Gray Advertising, where there were two women executives. And uh, so I kind of grew up thinking that that was normal. And that oh, has yeah. yeah that has served me very well to have uh, role models who are strong women and who who just yeah. model what it could look like. Yeah, if you can see it, you can be it, right? It. And and exactly. and that's where it's um uh you know so important. All of us as mothers or just parents in general, you know, that we we always role model how we want our kids, right? To be pursuing their lives, most importantly, but, you know, their careers too. Um, so let's start talking about the variety of paths, right? And and I love how you said it, you know, Wendy, it's a zig and a zag, you know, it's a left and a right, it's an up and a down, right? And there are so many different ways. And and each one of you, and and even myself, it was so, so funny, I can, I can kind of speak to a fourth path, but but Wendy, your journey has been, um, it's unfolded in a number of corporate settings. Share with us what that looked like. Yeah, I, uh, so I started my career actually thinking that I was going to work a couple of years before I went to law school. I just didn't have money to go to law school. And <laughs> no. I ended up spending almost 18 years at a very large um, Southern Fortune 100 company, thinking that um, originally it would just be a couple of years, but moved yeah. from sales into marketing. And then I remember there was, in fact, when you were talking about the um, take the big leap yeah. as one of the four, I was tapped by our CEO to move over um, from what I thought was a very comfortable, I was leading some customer marketing for big restaurant chains, to move to run the McDonald's business unit, which reported directly into the CEO. And, and ironically, it actually sat on a different floor. So this is how silly it was, is I thought, well, I'm leaving literally my family, all the people I've worked with all these years, I'm going to go to this business unit, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I remember asking someone and they said, go there because somebody believes in you and they will have Absolutely. your back if you take this stretch. So I moved into that role, ended up converting a, a $35 million um manufacturing complex at a very young age. And I'd never been in engineering. I really didn't have a finance background. I'd always been sales and marketing, but it was both that big leap. And it was to your point, cross-functional experience yeah. and stretch, but giving myself the freedom to take that risk, to be able to move on. Um, and then subsequently moved into a variety of general management roles. Um, and then I was fired. Um, I was 
I was fired in uh, right after the economic crisis in 2008 at the start of 2009, but I also had an 18-month non-compete, really couldn't work in the food industry and thought, well, gosh, you know, what am I going to do for 18 months besides drive my family crazy? So I set about doing a whole variety of bucket list kind of things to stretch myself and stretch in the parts of my life that I had not made time for outside of my career, my health my family, my community involved in uh, in our industry, those stretch actually, I think, gave me experiences that both taught me what I wanted to do to round out my life, but also taught me the kind of work environment I wanted to step into when I came out of my involuntary sabbatical. What kind of company was I looking for? What kind of leader did I want to be? Ended up, what I thought was the worst thing to happen became the best thing to happen and moved on to a company to run the US and Latin America, which gave me geographic stretch um, and then was recruited into Chicago uh, to actually work for the Kellogg company. And I was running our away from home business, all the small store format through uh, front and back of house food service and e-com. And then recruited to Glambia about a year ago. We've got great brands across health and wellness like SlimFast and Think Bars and Optimum Nutrition and Amazing Grass, these fantastic brands that help the consumer live their best life. So I sort of feel like I took that zigzag and stretch, some of it intentional, some of it very unintentional stretch. And where I found myself is aligning all of those experiences also with my passions in a way that I feel like I can truly do what I'm meant to do, which is I'm, I'm a builder. I build people, I build teams, I build businesses, and I build brands. And I get to do that in a space that yeah. um, is exactly where the consumer wants to be these days. So it's been a great journey. It, it um, as I give my advice for what it's worth, right, you know, to younger, you know, leaders, I always say, hey, you need to find that wide and long runway, right? And so that's what corporate, you know, environments can provide, you know, to, to your point, functionally, geographically, you know, from a brand perspective. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to let you know that you've just secured yourself another speaking gig on another show, because I'm going to do a show coming up. I got oh, fired. you're fired? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I did too. So... <laughs> All right, so Erica, we've got two of the four. (laughs) All right, so back to the topic at hand. Sorry, guys, I digress. Um, Luann, let's talk about another path, though. Yes, there's always, you know, the corporate environment, but there are other paths. Talk to us about that. There are indeed. So most women that are CEOs are CEOs because they've started their own company, Women, unfortunately, tend to be passed over for promotions still and working their way up in the traditional corporate ladder is not how most women are CEOs. So the idea with CEOX is that so you're not necessarily a founder. You're working at a large enterprise. You have this amazing skill set and you're what these early stage companies want to be when they grow up. They want to be like the the Coca-Colas of the world. And um, so giving women these opportunities to work at venture-backed companies is something that I wanted to do because I was seeing it was not uncommon for founding CEOs 
to be replaced as the companies grow. It's not something that happens every day, but it does happen from time to time. And when it does happen, what's going on is that these these investors are just going into their networks to find the next CEO. And when they do that, they tend to pick men for those roles. And I really wanted to create a place where these, where these funds could come and access high level executive women that are ready to be CEOs to be considered for these roles. And so that's, that is an yeah. additional path for, for women. So, so in that case, Luann, I read a stat um, last night as I was prepping for the show that in the corporate world, it's like the board of directors, when they're looking for the successor to the CEO, like 80%, I think it was a stat, maybe even as high as like 87% are internal candidates. Do you see mm-hmm. that same trend in either the VC or the PE worlds as well? Yeah, not so much with the with the VC world, um, because I am placing at relatively early stage, smaller companies uh, at the Series A, Series B, and sometimes like in Martha's case, the pre-revenue stage. And so there isn't, uh, there are not a lot of additional employees to to go through. And that's, that's the beauty of CEOX is that you're not just working your way up, you're you're picking these amazing executive women who have this broad skill set from working at large enterprise and bringing them in to lead these earlier stage startups. We we have two incredible partners um, that they were both working for large corporations, right? Um, and uh, they went from, it was a senior exec role to become a, a CEO of a PE-backed, you know, company, um, one ended up staying in the PE world, and now she's an operating partner, incredibly successful. The other one, interestingly enough, went back to a corporate environment as then a president and and CEO. And so it was interesting to see it was kind of a boomerang effect. But you know, it, it, I loved the I loved the idea and the concept of. Hey, if you're hitting a brick wall, <laughs> you know, within your current environment, then look outside your current environment because you can find that opportunity, right? And and in some cases, um, you know, it's people are more willing to take that bet on you. So I love what I you're totally doing. Totally agree with. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So Martha, you as as I've been informed, went from consultant to CEO and CEO twice now, as I read, you know, as I was introducing you. So share um, your journey with everybody. Yeah, my journey is very much a zigzag. And so if if I go back and Wendy and I had similar paths, um, I was at one company in corporate America for 14 years. I was a senior executive. And around the same time as Wendy in 2008, as the financial crisis hit, I was fired. From my from that job. All right, we found our third there, guest. I, I'm One third. more. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to reprise this. Luann, have you been fired? Because <laughs> it would make yes, life easy. I have. All right, yeah, then. Have. All right, <laughs> then we are all coming back. We're going to tell that story. Okay, so I'm sorry, Brilliant. Martha. Keep going. <laughs> well, so I I was fired, and I 
sat around and thought of what I'm going to do next. Yeah. And there, it was, it was nearly impossible in that time, 2008, 2009, to find a new job. So I decided I would flex, if we'll keep using your four catapults. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and decided to start my own company, which was uh, Mad Event Management, my initials, uh, M-A-D is um, Martha Ann Donato. And mm. I thought I would just be a consultant. But I was doing it for a few months, and then I decided I would start my own event. And I went to a friend, a, a woman, who ran a convention center in Southern California, and she gave me a chance. And she let me do a show there with no history of having done anything like that on my own. Uh, wow. So really a big break from a really fabulous woman with whom I'm still um, very much in touch. Um, but that wasn't the end of the zigging and zagging. So I went on to do the back and forth. I was consulting and I was running my own business, which was to own these events. Over the course of how many years has that been? That's a long time ago, um, over 10 years. Uh, I have launched 25, more than 25 new events. And several of them still operate. Uh, they, they're still going, uh, not, not all of them under my care, but I think when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, that pulled the rug out from everything I was uh, doing because live events yeah. are, are, were not allowed yeah. to do them. Yeah. And it took me a little bit, I would say a couple of months before it really uh, struck me that we weren't coming back to live events anytime soon. And um, to keep going with the theme, another uh, woman friend of mine, a colleague from another company in the event industry, reached out to me. Uh, she told me about what Luann was doing, and she introduced me to Luann. And she said, who knows what's going to happen in our industry? Let's just all keep together. And um, I think we actually introduced several of our peers to Luann. Yeah. And there came a call, something towards the end of the year where there was something that she sent across my desk that I thought was really interesting, which was the, the tip zip idea, mm -hmm. which is you can use this really darling piece of software. It's very simple and clean to tip your housekeeper at the hotel if you're the traveler. And it just really mm -hmm. struck me as something I, I really loved the concept because now you're able to help women on a very different level, because, uh, you know, 80% of housekeepers are women. A yeah. lot of them are single yeah. mothers. There's a uh, head of household. So it hit me on many levels. as just a fabulous uh, next opportunity. And so if we're zigging and zagging, now I'm going to zag into a tech startup. And I, you know, it's, why not? I, I think I can do this. And after pretty lengthy period of getting to know the founders of TipSip. Um, at some point in April, they contacted me and Luann contacted me and said they would love for you to be the CEO of their company and spin it off to you. And so I start, that's when I started Boncellus Tech. And, uh, and I've been working on getting that launched and into market ever since uh, about May of this year. So that's where I sit. I love that concept, right? Because too often too. it's, it's, you're like, oh, I don't have the cash and I, right. I should leave something. And, um, you know, and particularly 
like when we travel as a family, the kids room disaster, disaster. right? It's, it's oh. like my husband and I are always like, okay, put some money because a person does not deserve to deal with that disaster. Did and I you? Think, oh, go I ahead. I was just no. going to say, Sarah, you know, what we also found during the course of this pandemic is people don't have cash or they don't want cash. It it's a cashless right. society now. So right. to the extent that you can yeah. use your 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 smartphone and tip someone is is really a great solution on every level. And is it tipping anybody? Like do you just how do you go about doing it? Yeah, it's an enterprise solution. So it's not you do have to have a an account with the hotel. You know, I have to make Got it. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. And then did you revive mad event or I am I am still hustling I'm and <laughs> I knew that's it my that's my plug for double, double hustle double hustle <laughs> that's that's the fifth right you do two CEO roles <laughs> two roles at once that's how you get there <laughs> oh my goodness all right well we have to take a, a, a quick commercial break here And I want to thank everybody who's listening in um, today. And then when you come and listen in via our podcast um, to our show, Advancing All Women, Um, you can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and all of our incredible podcasts. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of New. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. 
and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's N-E-W online.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter in the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I am joined today by three incredibly successful leaders. Luann Abrams, founder and CEO of CEOX. Wendy Davidson, president of the Americas for Glanbia Performance Nutrition. And Martha Donato founder and CEO of Bancelis Tech, Inc., known as Tip Zip, and founder and CEO for Mad Event Management. And in today's show, we are sharing with you the alternative paths that you can take to become a CEO or president. So let's shift now into, you know, we talked a little bit about the paths, like, you know, nice, long and wide runway in a corporate environment, you know, functionally, different roles, different brands, different companies, VC, you know, PE. Um, I actually finally got my CEO title and president title by shifting to the nonprofit, you know, industry. So a whole nother path, but let's talk about skills now. Like what are the skills and, and particularly women, what, what do we need to become that CEO or president? And, and Wendy, I know you've got some great research that you wanted to share with everybody. Yeah, I actually knew did some research with CCL a few years thank, ago. Thank you. <laughs> on the critical competencies, but also the derailers, because I think it's as, as important. What are the skills that Absolutely. you need to have? But what are the watchouts of the skills that could potentially hold you back? And I think women, probably more so than men, have blind spots on the skills that could potentially hold you back. Men have blind spots for sure. Um, and we could probably talk days on those. But some of, some of those are not ones that will hold you back. And they typically will become excuses why somebody won't promote a woman into a role. They also become self-defeating for an individual. Absolutely. So if I had to say critical competencies, and I always look at them in buckets of the what and the how. When it comes to the what, you have to deliver results in whatever role you have. At the end of the day, you can't aspire to something more if you're not delivering in what you have in front of you. But building things like cross-functional experience, look for stretch opportunities to be able to get those skills. They can also be in volunteer experiences. In my the start of my career, I had sales experience, but I didn't have marketing so I ended up joining, um, volunteering for the Marketing Communications Committee with Women's Food Service Forum. So there's tons of volunteer opportunities exactly. with you 
in regions to be able to get that kind of functional experience, but actually in a way that is, I think, even more impactful because you have to lead through influence, not through title and position. And that's a much more difficult place to be able to build those skills, but super important. Financial acumen is critical, and that tends to be an area that women put on the back burner, critical to be able to deliver that, and then strategic thinking to be able to pull together. So in the what, I'd put those in the what bucket. In the how bucket, I always bucket it in, learn to lead yourself, learn to lead teams, and be able to lead the organization. And there's different skills in that how in each one of those self-awareness, knowing what your blind spots are, lead yourself in a way that you can't change who you are and you shouldn't, but you have to understand how you're perceived by others. Because if you're perceived in ways that are unintentional and they hold you back, those will be derailers if you're not careful. Things like talking you know, first in a meeting. Maybe you might be the one that needs to tap into the people who are more quiet around the table. That will come across as collaborative and engaging instead of, oh, she always knows it all or she's got all the answers. So it's those little ways you're you're still not going to change how you're wired, but you're intentional in how you're managing the perception for the people around you. And I love your example too, um, Wendy, where you volunteered for WFF, a, a fantastic, another fantastic organization focused on women. Because to your point, it's as much about skills as it is then about that network, you know, both internally and externally. Um, uh, Martha, yes. what are your thoughts on skills? Well, to add to what Wendy said, I think uh, absolutely finance is a critical piece that a lot of us don't don't realize early enough in our careers that we mm-hmm. we can't just oh, say yeah. oh I, I don't I'm not good at that it's it's not an option you have to have a level of financial acumen to move into a c-suite period so you know I think if you could take a few classes um, find someone to to train you on those uh, very fundamental functional skills it's really important but aside from that I think the most important piece, is you have to learn your trade. You have to be a subject matter expert. You have to do, you have to know everything about what your area of expertise is. And then you can start to grow from there and add on those other skills that Wendy was referring to. Um, the, the leadership piece is critical, of course, and so is the communication skill and the ability to, to make your point and not come across as Wendy said, I'm going to say as the know-it-all right. um, to invite, right. to invite conversation from other people. Um, and then those are the, those are the, the hard skills, if you will, the soft skills, we still have to remain empathetic and kind. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one of the, one of the quotes that I keep on my wall and some days I have to really read it a few times, but I'm just going to share it. I'm sure you've all oh. heard it. Oh no, please do. But um Uh, give people the benefit of the doubt over and over again and do the same for yourself. Believe that you're trying and that they're trying. See the good in others so it brings out the best in you. And that that has served me very, very well. And has um, I think that that leads into a bit of that you need to have grace under pressure. And really critical, um, especially when you're getting into that um, it's lonely at the top role. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and 
and grit and determination in my case. Once you decide that you're going to go out on your own and you don't have the support of a of a corporate background, you do need to have a lot of determination. Every morning you have to wake up and know what you're going to accomplish because there's no one there who's going to tell you that you have things you have to do today. It all comes from you. So I would say if you're going to go out on your own, even if it's as a side hustle, that you do need to be self-motivated. It's just a critical factor. That is such a great quote. And it's, I love that one. Right. Yeah. It, 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 um, it's, it's so much more eloquent. My, one of my signs up on my wall is work hard and be nice. <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and yours is far more eloquent. <laughs> um, um, so Luann, I'd love to hear yeah. your thoughts too. What, what skills, cause Hey, you're, you're placing these incredible yeah. female leaders. So what skills do you look for? Well, you know, cause I me- imagine you have to vet a lot of people like, Oh, I know you'd love to be a CEO. Mm-hmm. here's what you need, right? Yeah. And I even have this list of skills on, on my website under the CEO ready skills, because I ask the women that once they're referred in and I talk to them and I ask them about what are your CEO ready skills and Harvard business review did a study a while ago and found that of the 19 top leadership skills, women scored higher in 18 of those. Not a surprise to me, of course, but uh, I, no surprise whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'll bring to your attention a few of them that I think kind of all but, interrelate yeah. and and to Martha and Wendy's point, it's that curiosity mindset that leads to really good communication and conflict management. Because when you can go into a situation and be curious uh, as to what others are thinking and why they made the decisions, you start asking the questions to understand and those make you a better communicator and it makes you much better in that conflict management. And I think it also is indicative of, you know, I, the, when you think about where men are not always the best, it's that a little bit of that ego of they know the answer and women go, tend to go into it saying, I don't necessarily know the answer. I want to hear from all my best people here. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And then I'm without a doubt confident enough to, to make that decision and go forward but I'm not going into it thinking I know it all already. And I think that's right. where w- women really excel is that curiosity, um, conflict management, and ability to communicate. Well, and it, and I imagine it's on the list, but that accessibility too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm approachable, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a good listener, you know, I care about, you know, the whole you, <laughs> you know, not just your role in my team or in this organization. And particularly now it's like everybody right. is needing and wanting that with all they've been through. It's like the, the corporate environment, um, you know, it, these organizations just have to step up. And, right. and, and, so and that's and where they we create, can excel. Yeah. They create cultures in their companies that, 
really benefit everyone, not just other women. You know, they they are flexible and allow for more of a work and life balance or rhythm. And that's not just good for women. It's good for men, too. The the and and I'm going to add on to it. And I'm sure this is on that list too. But I um, dawned on me last night as I was reading a whole bunch of content. But it's the it's the ability to accept and leverage your failures too. And that one's a tough one, right? Because <laughs> it's like right, like you are. <laughs> no one is comfortable saying, "Oh, well, I really screwed that one up," you know. <laughs> But it's it's knowing that, and and I know we're going to get to this on another show when we all talk about that moment when we were fired, but it's being able to look back and say, okay, why did that happen? <laughs> you know, what what was my role, right? And and the the more immature professional self is like, you know, it was all them. You know, I hate them. But the mature professional self says, okay, well there's got to be some things that I could have done better and should have done better. And, and for me, it's, you know, I've learned just to be really humble and, and when I'm wrong, say, God, I love it when I'm wrong. <laughs> Cause now I'm going to learn, you know, and it's um, my husband has this great expression. Would you rather be right or rich? <laughs> so that's another one. I think most CEOs should embrace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um, all righty. So, Hey, so let's, let's shift over now because it's, you know, we talked earlier about, okay, well, what do we need to be doing to prepare ourselves to be the most attractive candidate for that CEO or president role? Um, but let's talk about then corporate organizations, because most of our audience um, are, are leaders, executives in a corporate organization. What should they be doing then? What should they be doing to grooming these incredible female leaders that have 18 out of the 19, you know, skills that make a successful CEO or president? Um, so, um, you know, Martha, let's start with you. What do, what do you think in that corporate org- organization should be doing? So uh, I recently became also, um, this is my third side hustle. I became the president and co-founder of a networking organization. And I think that has taught me as much in my career as anything else I've done. And I think that's something that corporate America needs to embrace. The It's the idea that you form a network for women to be resources for each other, to sponsor each other when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's done not for, not necessarily for education, it's done purely for the sake of meeting your peers and f- people who will become your peers in the future. And I think I'm, I'm, I've always been a joiner. I have always signed up for things. And I could probably trace almost every important milestone in my career to having someone I've met along the way. Uh, give me a hand, uh, give me yeah. a lead, uh, help yeah. me out. Right. It's just a really critical component. And I think in the day-to-day work life, we don't take enough time to actually just get to know other people. And, Mm -hmm. and with women in particular, that is a really important piece. And we actually have to teach ourselves how to effectively network, it doesn't feel natural in the beginning. uh, But there are plenty of groups who do it really well. I don't know if any of you are members of chief, 
but yeah. there are yeah. there are or um you know you could probably tick off uh many i luann does a fabulous job with ceox of networking right. and putting right. together women and she does a lot of really nice networking events that have some education but not all and i think that's really the future that's where we should be focusing that's how we can move ourselves ahead we're all we have 18 of the 19 already done right it's now yeah. what we do with those yeah. skills yeah no yeah. and 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 i think wendy you alluded to it as well earlier that it's like it you know it, corporations need to take take a bet you know they need to take a risk and giving women the opportunity even if they're not necessarily 100% prepared right like you saw that happen a couple of times and it's and that's the that's that male ally you know stepping up um Luann the other path we talked about, so there's the corporate organization, but VC or PE, what if I don't even know where to begin? Like, how do <laughs> I, you know, clearly I go to CEO X, right? Yes. <laughs> but how do I, how do I dive into meeting more people in the VC or PE world? Yeah. So VC specifically has become just a lot more known and there are there are smaller funds starting to pop up everywhere. You know, it's not just Silicon Valley anymore and New York City and, and the big metro areas. But a lot of people are getting together to create um, investment groups and funds to really stimulate their local area's economy and support um, entrepreneurs. So if I don't, if, if you think you're, going to be a CEO, you want to be a CEO, or even just consider it, yes, I should know about you. But really start digging into your local community and get to know the the people that are running funds in your area, so that they know about you. There are going to be so many opportunities for you to connect with these companies. Um, maybe it's just as an advisor. And, exactly. and really get in um, and be able to share your knowledge. And a lot of these companies, when they grow, you know, there's going to be opportunities there. And so these Absolutely. investors should know about you and the companies that they're investing in should know about you. And it's really not that hard. You, you do a few searches and, and pay attention to what's um, happening in your community and reach out to all of these people. Um, there, there's no secret sauce with venture. I, I tell you, you know, they're, they're not a bunch of rich people. Um, in fact, most venture capitalists are <laughs> living, the, you know, they're not living high on the hog. Uh, so, so they're very approachable and can definitely use your expertise. So, so, networking it's that networking yeah no and and like i think for example here in chicago you've got for example 1871 right like it's a great accelerator there are tons of accelerator organizations that are probably local to you right um the schools right the colleges mm. the business schools um, you know, any of the undergrads or colleges inevitably have some type of like a new venture, you know, class or 
club or, and to your point, you can volunteer, right, to be an advisor. Guess what? The VCs are probably engaged in those too, particularly the business schools, right? So like in mm-hmm. Chicago, there's there's Kellogg, you know, Techstart, um, there's, you know, um, Booth, you know, which has like a whole new venture arm. And I know, you know, VCs are engaged in both of those. So that to me seems like a great and easy way to engage, get to know some of these firms and, and start to probably develop and flex some of these skills. Um, Wendy, what are your thoughts? Love to hear. Yeah, when I, well, when I think back to what organizations can do, I, you know, I think it's really important to identify top talent very early um, and give them opportunities for exposure, opportunities to be able to grow. Um, to Martha's point, also networking, but giving them the opportunity to network, not just inside the company, but inside the industry and to volunteer in ways that they will get some exposure and experience outside of their function, I think is really important. When I think about what individuals can do, I actually just finished reading uh, Patrick Lencioni's new book, The Motive, which I think is the most important thing is to ask yourself why you want to be a CEO. Because if why you want to be a CEO is because you think that's what you should aspire to, that that should be like, that's the gold ring at the end, but you don't really want to do what's required to be the CEO. Like the everyday day-to-day isn't something you enjoy. That's not the right aspiration for you. So aligning your capabilities and competencies with your aspirations, and I think as organizations, as leaders, as mentors and coaches, that's the critical question to ask somebody. If what they want is to be able to coach and guide and build an organization and they're willing to spend 80% of their time on people, then they should be in a leadership role. If what they like to do is the actual tactical work, they love marketing, they love sales, they love being in front of the customer, probably not the right place for them to be inside in a CEO role, but they can be an incredibly valuable member at the level that they're at. So people need to ask themselves, why. And then once you know the why, then network in a way that you're going to build a personal board of directors that's either in a position you aspire to be, they have experience you don't have, and they can be somebody that can help stretch and grow because you're you're in a safe space to ask good questions. Uh, that we, we need to read that book. It's so spot on, Wendy, and thank you for sharing that because it's, to your point, um, Michelle Buck, CEO of Hershey, she calls herself the chief energy officer, right? And as, and as she's shared it, it's, you know, she draws energy from other people, you know, and she appreciates it's not a one woman show. You know, Hershey will be successful as an organization because of all of the passion and hard work and leadership of everybody who's in the team. And, and so that's just so spot on. Um, Luann or Martha, any last thoughts before we close this incredible conversation down? Gosh, I would like, I would just like to say that um, I really want women to think about being a CEO right now, even if they've never, Mm -hmm. it's never occurred to them before. Um, I talk to women all the time who say, well, I don't know about CEO, but maybe COO. And I'm like, why not CEO? I, yeah. I want to I let them know there's not, maybe people think there's some like magical stardust that makes you a, a CEO, but there <laughs> isn't. 
No. You know, a good CEO has all those skills that we've talked about, which so many um, high-level executive women have. They have all those already. Yeah. So don't think about being the number two. Think about being the number one and and start advising the younger women in your life mm-hmm. to think about that much earlier on. It's absolutely something that they can do. And all of these large organizations, if if you're not already, start supporting the women in your organization to to go down the CEO route. Um, it will only benefit them in the end because women talk to each other. They know the organizations to stay away from. They know the organizations right. that are really supportive of them. So I'll leave you with those thoughts. I love it. Or as my daughter says, I'm like, what's your career path? She's like, world domination. (laughs) (laughs) Martha, Martha, any last thoughts? Yeah, I love what Luann just said. Um, I I think uh, my advice, I know a lot of the listeners today are, are in the corporate world, but I would encourage you to find something that you're passionate about and start working on it on the side. It teaches you side so hustle. much. Yeah, mm-hmm. do a, find a side hustle that you yeah, love. I love it. And and name yourself CEO and then live that life. And you'll learn a lot about yourself and about what it takes. And you're not waiting for anyone to give you anything. You're taking control. You're doing it yourself. And <laughs> and, and maybe to, to Wendy's point, maybe you'll find out that's not actually what you want to do, but at least you will have given it a try and you will absolutely have a blast doing it. Oh, I love it. Um, Luann, Wendy, Martha, thank you so much for sharing this hour um, with all of us. Loved hearing your advice and, and your journeys. And I want to thank everybody who's been listening in today. Um, this week, we are hitting our 20 thousand listener milestone and i want to thank everybody who's been listening all along and i always want to thank voice america for giving me and and our incredible new community the opportunity to share our voice and our mission with all of you so join us next week we're going to give you tips and advice on how to hack the hybrid To learn more about new and listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.